That was Lost Cause by Kenny Hula. You're listening to 97.5 WOVN, The Wild Card, right here at Otterbein in Westerville, Ohio. You're listening to Retrospection Radio with your host, Noah Martin, and your co-host, or at least co-host for the week or whenever, uh, Brant Gebby. Hi, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about Parasite. Uh, going to be hanging out a bit, just talking. Let me tell you, I always get so much anxiety with that little last part where the song is winding down and you're about to throw everything on air and get yourself on the radio. It's always that little anxiety of like, maybe I clicked the wrong button and accidentally just blow up the radio station right here. Never fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, Retrospection Radio, if you haven't listened to it before, this is our talking portion, but normally we are an audio drama podcast with a strong focus on horror, but occasionally there's the dramas in there for, you know, audio drama. We've talked about a lot of different audio horrors on this talk show before, and specifically uh, we've talked about War of the Worlds, we've talked about Orson Welles, and we talk a lot about the horror movies that influence us. The first season is an anthological horror. It changes different characters. Brant, you actually played a few characters in the first season. Yes, I remember that. That was that was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, he was in Beyond the Surface uh, and The Lodges. Yes, where he played Croc and he talked like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was that was awesome. I had such a great time doing that. I rewrote The Lodges uh, for a live edition, or at least a cast return and it's i don't know 40 50 pages now it's meant for an hour-long production i get to reach out to the supervisor and see if i'm actually allowed to play any of the audio dramas from retrospection radio on this on the air it'd be pretty cool yeah that would be great so today we're going to be talking about parasite parasite is a 2019 film uh it is in i believe korean and it is, well, it was the talk of the town when it came out. <laughs> it's a political drama. Uh, it very much so focuses on those rags to riches stories and changes them around. Disagree? Well, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say so much that it focuses on the rags to riches. I think it's more of a social commentary on um, how society has adapted to having people who are extremely poor and having others who are uh, extremely wealthy and how those who are extremely poor end up basically scrounging for the the wealthy scraps i think that i think that's a a better description of what maybe what a nice textbook description yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the reason i said rags to riches was very very basic the concept of being a poor person and then working your Mm. way working uh like yes and no for some of them working your way up into the working class and then up to being rich and then losing it all again yeah i mean you could also say that it's it's a story about faking it till you make it (laughs) (laughs) very much so (laughs) so it's a comedy is what it says on here i don't necessarily agree with that uh, I can see drama and thriller. There's a yeah, few moments you know. where <laughs> Brant and I watched this movie together, uh, 2020 early or late 2019. Yeah, around then. 
pretty pretty soon after it came out and mm-hmm. was readily available on Blu-ray. <laughs> and the whole movie, Brant is standing up, pacing back and forth while he's watching it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I get secondhand hand embarrassment, but honestly, I don't really think it should be called secondhand embarrassment. I think it should be like secondhand anxiety or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anything that like in any movie or any form of media that I'm watching or reading, if uh, if there's a scenario where somebody there's a really anxiety um, cause inducing uh, situation going on, I will feel that. And I, <laughs> I, I can't just sit there and take it. I got to stand up and pace i gotta i don't know go off and do some push-ups or something and come back and maybe that'll help but it's it's a struggle sometimes that's how i know the movie is good or the like thrill has been built up well enough because brant will hop off the couch and be like i gotta do something (laughs) oh (laughs) the uh i think it was the boys may have been one of the first times well i noticed it a lot but the boys was one of the series where i saw it a lot with you where you're a bunch of unsuperpowered hero or unsuperpowered terrorists in a town or in a nation with basically superpowered terrorists and there's really no way you can win with that and the anxiety i felt some of that too i had to get up and be like ah they can be lasered in half at any moment if they're exactly. found. And exactly. there was a lot of moments where they got close. Yeah, they, it was pretty intense sometimes. They were just by the hair, <laughs> hair of their necks, you know? Yes, the skin of the teeth. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, I think they're working on season three. Should be out probably within the year at this point. They put a delay on for COVID and yeah, no longer. Yeah, I was looking at that, and I was wondering when the next one would come out. Because, uh, you know, it it may have only been a year, but it seems like it was a long time, you know? Well, admittedly, with the way television works, if it's been a year or two years, your series is practically dead. Unless you're Joss Whedon. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's it, the amount of TV shows and movies that come out. Excuse me. The amount of TV shows that come out really affect, you know, whether or not people will remember your TV show or not. So if you have, same thing with movies, if Mm. you throw your movies towards the end of the year with Christmas and all the holidays there, people are going to take their days off and go see your movies. But if you're a summer release, for instance, Days of Future Past, X-Men Days of Future Past, when that came out, was a summer release. And I love the movie. Mm -hmm. However... It's like when Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or any of those children's shows areas uh, put you on like 1 to 2 p.m. or kind of late morning, that time slot. That's what they reserve for dying shows. Mm, like yeah. Fairly Odd Parents went strong for a long time and then it got moved to that slot or Danny Phantom yeah. or any of the stuff that we liked. You know, like uh, moved that slot. I don't know if you watched this, but uh, Malcolm in the Middle was kind of like that. Peace. They started off really strong. Well, I mean, they ended it just about as well as you could end any other movie because they ended it after people were going to college and and that was th- there was nothing left for them to do, really. Um, but when it started out, it, it was a pretty big hit. But then, you know, uh, you can blame Fox or whoever owned it at the time. I think it was Fox. But um, they, some people think they mismanaged it. Some people, the, the opinions differ. But basically, they kept switching it around in time slots, and it was and 
towards the, I would say, late middle of the show, towards the late middle seasons, it was in a time slot where people weren't watching it. But, you know, they, they pulled it back to the primetime slots for the end just so they, you know, they got the res- kind of a, a respectful show off. Malcolm go to where did he go? Harvard, something like that? I don't remember. He, he went to, uh, actually, I think it was his high school or middle school that he was at because his ending has uh, well, always annoyed me to this day. No, he was he he was in high school in like the third season. He, he entered high school in like, the th- there was like seven seasons, I think. And he entered high school in the third one. And uh, I saw a couple things on it, and I did a little bit of research, and and I was just watching a couple of videos about it. And uh, apparently, that's kind of when uh, Malcolm's character started to not fall apart, but become very a very just a jaded character. One that um, number one, he was always rude to everybody. Yeah, he was always kind of stuck up and uh, just very hostile. And uh, that made it difficult to relate to him after that. So especially was, since he's the protagonist narrating yeah. the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And his just his outlook was not one that would allow you to really connect with him. Other, but you know, I my favorite character was Hal, the uh, the father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The he's great. Uh, what was it? If orange juice, I don't remember what the quote was anymore. Something about. Orange is growing on trees, so why is it so expensive or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Orange juice, orange, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that was on my to-rewatch list. Uh, lately, I've been going through watching shows from my childhood. Just about done with Ned's Declassified. I'm two episodes into season three. Uh, I got through iCarly, Ed, Ed, and Nettie, and then there was a few things I couldn't get back through. For instance, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Mm didn't really hold no. up there were so many tropes that it just followed it just followed the same formula every episode and it fell apart for me it was yeah. kind of hard to watch sometimes a formula can be nice but yeah you know i was never able to get into courage the cowardly dog when i was younger and i watched it i, I don't know there were a couple shows like ed ed and eddie personally they just threw me off sometimes it was the art style sometimes it was just the jokes that i, I they weren't landing for me you know i or the voices Sometimes the voices. The voices. Voices matter a lot when it comes to the characters. Because if the yeah. character looks a certain way and he sounds so different. For instance, uh, one of my now favorite animated series of all time is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. When mm-hmm. I started watching it, I was like, why is there a massive buff suit of armor with a child's voice? I don't like this. This doesn't sound like the right voice for the character. Mm. Now, it makes sense in the lore and the way they explain it in the series, but I was just about turned off when <laughs> this giant metal <laughs> suit that's moving around sounds like a prepubescent <laughs> girl. Oh, man. Yeah, that would that would get on my nerves, man. I would it'd be like a nail nails on a chalkboard every time I heard that. Ugh. It uh it really grew on me. I think the voice actress did a good job. But those first couple episodes, it was... It was just hard to, to match the voice with the character. They they eventually yeah. did an origin story, and that's what helped me, like, click it together and make it make more sense in my head. But I, I watched the original series, the just the one that came out in the 2000s, and some of the voices had changed. Okay. And the voices, or I suppose in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood was the one where the voices changed. But in the first series, characters sounded some way... And I'm like, wow, that doesn't really 
fit the character. Maybe it helps yeah. that I watched the second series first, but the voices, if I had watched this first for certain characters, just don't sound like how I see okay. the character on screen right now. Now, is that show, um, is it, are you watching in like an English dubbed version or is it just in English or yes. is it in Japanese? I, uh, <laughs> I like to eat dinner while, or lunch or breakfast or anything okay. while watching TV. So if I'm watching TV, I like to watch it dubbed, which is a sin in the anime community. <laughs> uh, but I, I like to watch it dubbed because I look away from the screen to do things or to eat and I'm not always staring at the screen, reading the uh, bottom yeah. of it. So. Yeah, I mean, I I've watched a couple shows. Like I remember, remember uh, Attack on Titan when that was when that. I really remember when it was popular. I haven't gotten into it. My friends yeah. keep recommending it to me, but also saying don't ever watch it. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back and forth on it. You know, it was interesting because when it when it was really popular, I had a couple friends who swore by it and watched it all the time. And that that's kind of how I, I watched kind of how I got into it and I watched a little bit of it and it was fine um, the problem is there were only so many at least at the time only so many episodes that were English dubbed and uh, I really noticed a huge difference in uh, just the, the characterization of the voices when um, com- when you compare the dubbed versions and the original versions because a lot of times the uh, the dubbed versions sound a little bit off compared to the original versions maybe it's just because of the 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 way they're talking you know because it's you can't get a perfect translation between the between two different languages of different language groups there's just going to be slightly different ways of saying one thing than the other and maybe it was just how they were talking that way or maybe it was just the, the voice there are some series that just completely change the way a character sounds uh well Specifically in animes where they'll just take a character that sounds a certain way in Japanese and then in the English dub they'll be directed a different way to portray this character Mm. and I think a lot of the times it's audience like a character might sound a certain way and if a voice actor were to replicate that in English it might not sound as good to an English audience Yeah, but yeah it's it's strange and that's also why i don't flip between japanese and english a lot of my friends do that but i can't Mm, and that's also why my hero academia has been coming out lately and i'm on season three or four or something like that Mm -hmm. but i had to wait i I practically had to wait like half a year to a year despite the season already being released for the english voice actors to catch up and dub everything uh (laughs) simply because i I didn't want to watch it in Japanese. And also at that point, I'd watched two seasons in English. Going to Japanese is going to throw off the character voices. Mm-hmm. So speaking of subs and subtitles, Parasite. Yes. Korean uh, with English subtitles. This, <laughs> as I said earlier, really, really took things by the storm. So the main characters are Kang Ho Song. Sun Kyon Lee, I am going to butcher every single one of these. Wu Sik Cho, uh, or Chow, C H O I, unsure. Yi Zhang Cho, uh, these are all the actors and actresses' names. The characters, respectively, play 
key take, key talk, I'm sure. Dong Ik, which is the father. Ki Wo, or Ki Wu, my apologies, uh, which is the son. Uh, Yan Kyo, uh, which is the mother. And then Ki Jung, played by Sodan Park. And she is the daughter of, these are all the protagonists. Uh, basically, Brant, would you like to read the description since you found it? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll take a second look here because I, I did put it down for a second. But um, let me see here. You know, uh, basically, I, uh, it, it's a movie about a, uh, an extremely wealthy family and an extremely poor family. Um, and uh, it's a movie about how the extremely poor family is able to work their way into the, uh, into the service of the extremely wealthy family, all the while uh, unknowing both the wealthy and the poor family of some uh, people who are living in the basement of the wealthy family's home. Yeah, it's pretty much that. It doesn't sound very complicated when put like that, but oh boy, is it a commentary. It's directed by Bong Joon-ho. Excuse me. And uh, the screenplay is by Jin Wan Han. Yes. (laughs) So we have two scenes that we're going to talk about today in relation to the movie. Hopefully it won't get too political, but in general, this is just a political movie. It's so good. I recommend, if you haven't seen it yet, subtitles tend to bother me quite a bit, but it just worked. Yeah, it was was great. And, you know, it it does have something to say. It does have uh, some social commentary on there. But if you watch it, you could watch it and just it could go right over your head. If you weren't looking for it, it's just a good movie. It. You know, it's it, just good. It it really is, and especially by the cover art that I saw, and by one of the trailers, I thought it was a horror movie. I was yeah. very confused. I'm like, parasite? Did a parasite like lodge itself yeah. into people's brains in Korea? Like, mm. why is this movie erupting everywhere? I I knew you know, nothing about it before you and I watched it. When I saw commercials for it and saw all the awards that it had won, I was always like, wow, this this looks like a great movie. I just wish I knew what it was about because <laughs> all the all of the uh all of the commercials didn't they didn't really tell me anything about the plot or the or the story or what it was about in general and you know what? That was okay cuz when I watched it, you you just really have to watch it to truly to you had to watch it to understand what it was about and it was it was such a good good thing to watch because I, I, I enjoyed it. It kept me on the edge of my seat and off of my seat, as we, we talked about there a little <laughs> I'm bit Very earlier. much so off your seat. Yeah, I was pacing around, man. I must have left, uh, left tracks on the <laughs> carpet, you know. So basically, movie starts off with this family who are living at the bottom of, I want to say it's bottom or basement of an apartment complex or mm-hmm. just somewhere. Some- and it subterranean just under the surface of of the city and it's in the bad part of the city there's one point where like a drunk person comes by and starts peeing on the window or something and dad has Mm -hmm. to go out and smack the person away and just generally not very good situation i believe there's three rooms maybe four yeah and the rooms are very very small they have a toilet 
and you know, I want to say something about that. I noticed sure. this, and uh, and I saw somebody say something about this at one point. But the toilet is the highest part of their living quarters. Yep. It's the, it's the highest part of their their house, quote unquote. It's uh, that could be some symbolism too. How, you know, they're <laughs> they're below the toilet. You know what I mean? At this point, <laughs> yeah, that makes uh, that's a good way to look at it. I, I can definitely see that their yeah. life, their living styles, everything about it, they are trying, but they can't pay the bills. And one of the scenes we're talking about today has their internet shut off right at the beginning. And they don't really have any money to be able to pay for anything, but it's four people, father, mother, son, daughter, all trying to help their family live. Yeah. And they are able to connect to a cafe Wi-Fi yeah. by climbing on top of the toilet and holding their phone to the window so that way they can get WhatsApp and see a message to see if the mother was hired. Yeah. I yeah. Which is culture shocking. Yeah, talk about desperate measures. well, not desperate measures, but so such little means and or access to to well, things that we think are you know, basic amenities here in the United States for the most part. Yeah. It's, it's just so surprising to think, I mean, internet right now, laptop in front of me is connected to internet to be able to play music and to be able to look at the IMDB page, but it's just something that not everyone has. And yeah. we all kind of take for granted. We do. We do. And we do a lot. The, Mom ends up getting a job in the scene, and everyone's really excited. And then it cuts to them getting the supplies that they need to complete the job. And basically, yeah. the job that they need to do is folding pizza boxes. Yes. And as they're beginning to do this, they see some bugs crawling around, some stink mm -hmm. bugs. And they start doing it. Dad's watching a video, and they leave their window open. And well, they, they see in the distance before, I know what you're talking about, and just before, um, the while they're folding the boxes and watching the video, they see off in the distance down the street uh, a guy walking around uh, uh, fumigating, yeah. you know? And uh, the, the mother points that out and says, what is that? Is that fumigation? And uh, they say, should we, Dad, should we close the windows? And Dad says, no free fumigation yeah it was free bug extermination yes so then the cloud shoots into the apartment mm -hmm. and everyone is coughing and it cuts to a shot of dad watching the video and putting the boxes together you don't see anything on his face yeah. he's not coughing he's not doing anything meanwhile the coughing is getting slightly louder and everyone yeah. else is getting poisoned and choking yeah. But he's so determined to get stuff done. He's just powering through. Exactly. You know? it's, he's doing what he has to do. It's very sad to watch yeah. that part for me, simply because this man is so determined, and he's so determined to help his family, and yet he's hurting his family. At that makes time, any yeah. sense. The idea of causing a bit of pain to be able to just live a little bit nicer or afford something. Yeah. It's a concept that I don't know how many people struggle with. I'm sure 
a lot of people struggle with it at different times. But the fact that he's allowing himself and his family to be temporarily poisoned just to make a little bit of money shows how far he's willing to go to be able to continue living or attempt to move just a little bit higher in that social yeah. status. Yeah, just to, just to make things just even the slightest bit more comfortable. I can't imagine sitting in a room as fumigation just sweeps into it oh, and not being able to cough or do anything. Yeah, no, that would. That, I think that would make me claustrophobic. I'm not usually a claustrophobic person. I have no issue with tight spaces, but I mean, I, I did a summer. I worked uh, some construction, and we uh, were cutting out these concrete walls. And in order to do that, we had these wheel saws. And uh, in order to cut through the concrete, we had to constantly apply water to the surface of the saw so that it would keep cutting through the concrete. And it wouldn't get dry, wouldn't cake up, and it wouldn't get stuck. Well, the problem is we were inside an ice rink while we were doing this, and uh, there was debris going everywhere. Ugh. It was awful. I was I was standing there. I, I took a turn on the the wheel saw, and then I was supposed to uh, uh, squirt the water on the wheel saw as it was going. And at one point, I was I was just stuck there because I had to keep applying water to this thing, but I couldn't breathe. I just felt like I couldn't breathe yeah, just and I couldn't stay in there. And so I just I just got out of there. And that was one of the few times in my life that I felt claustrophobic. But I just, I shudder at the thought of inhaling anything I know to not be air. You know? And that's, that's just terrifying to me. I don't think I have ever really run into claustrophobia situation. I don't really have that issue. I think there was one time where I was just in a very, very tight closet. There was a lot of stuff in there, and I was hiding for, like, hide-and-seek or mm. sardines or something. And just the closet was so tight-fitting, and I had stuck myself in the corner and was just being smashed by things, and I wasn't able to be even slightly comfortable. Yeah, That's the most recent memory I can think of of just wanting to escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is exactly, well, I mean, it's not exactly, um, it's actually quite the reverse of uh, what Kim, uh, the Kims in Parasite, that's the uh, the poor family were trying to do, because they, uh, they eventually did run into, I think it was the son met with his friend, and his friend had to go to college. Hyun Jun Jung as Da Song. Yes. Is that the, that's the son, right? That is the son. Okay, yes. Uh, the son met with a friend who was going off to college, if I remember correctly, uh, but had a job tutoring the daughter of the Parks, or the wealthy family. And uh, essentially what happened is the son took the place, the former, took the job of his friend who was leaving and didn't have the credentials that the parks were looking for and created counterfeit copies of the things that they were looking for and passed himself off as someone who was qualified to tutor their daughter. Even though he was smart, he knew the stuff. He just didn't have, you know, the certificate saying, this proves I know the stuff, you know. If I remember right, he did the editing, but he gave it to his sister to be able to 
teach the young song, which is Da Song. And then he created counterfeits for himself to be able to teach the daughter, and that's where they started a romance. Uh, but yes. it started with the sister, and she said, hey, <laughs> we can extort these people. They will. I, I will just say, oh, by the way, this and that, I've got a friend or a distant cousin or something mm, that yes. can teach or do these skills. And from there, the daughter, Ki Jung, that's strange. It is the Kims. Oh, I guess her name is just Ki Jung, but it doesn't have Kim in here. It'd be Ki Jung King. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, she basically brings her family in under the guise of their different types of people. And right. the dad is a driver, Dong Yik, and the, the mother is the caretaker and like caretaker the, maid. Yeah. And the, the, the son is a tutor. Don't remember which subject. Something tells me math or or like uh I, I don't think it was reading or language arts because I remember them doing equations at one point. Um and the the daughter not the the daughter of the Kims so the uh, the sister to the brother uh, was a was it was it a drawing therapist or a painting therapist? <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> interesting like that. Something w- something that I'm surely not familiar with. Well, and she surely wasn't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she gets hired and goes in and starts convincing the parents. Oh, your son is brilliant. Yeah, your daughter. Was it daughter? I, think, I, think it was I thought daughter. it was just song. Mm. Oh, it's like I this may be little boy, and mistaken. then the daughter is like the teenager. Oh, and yes, 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 yes. That's where romanticism uh, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go in, or the daughter, uh, the Kim's, uh, Ki Jong, goes in with the song, who is the son, and says, Wow, his paintings, his art, the stuff that he's done shows that he is a genius and he has intelligence intellect just wanting to break out of him and prove he's amazing and the parents are like yes keep coming back and teaching our son and money yes and <laughs> I, she got money i remember um i just watched this this clip recently she was sitting down with the mother after one of the sessions that she had with the son and showed her a drawing or a picture that the son had drawn and said, your son drew this, It's it, it looks nice, but um, what happened to your son in the first grade? <laughs> Did something happen in the first grade? And the, the mother was absolutely convinced that she knew that there was something that happened in the first grade. And uh, so they needed to talk about it. Um, but the, the, uh, the imposter basically justified what she was saying as... Uh, pointing out to the mother down in the bottom right hand corner uh, a, a particular corner of uh, some hectic drawing or some weird shapes and she described it as the corner in which uh, schizophrenic p- uh, people who exhibit symptoms of schizophrenia uh, generally express that or uh, show those symptoms through in a drawing which I, I don't think that I mean I'm not an expert in this field in, <laughs> in any uh, capacity, but it seems a little bit sketchy to me. Yeah, uh, and it, it was no just pun the fact intended. that DeSong had mentioned something like, oh, I didn't like what happened to me in the first grade or something like that. Yeah. And then the daughter was able to use that and be like, ah, manipulation. 
Uh, I should stay for money. Yes, and capitalize on the opportunity presented to her by the son. So eventually she gets everyone else to be able to work in there, and Ki Wu, uh, which is her brother, creates counterfeits for everyone. And soon the entire family is living off the wealthy family by working for them and getting their money. And they're out one dark and stormy night. And they're walking around. They're walking back home. And they realize they left their window open. Uh, Well, you know, actually, let's back up first here a little bit because... (laughs) So they were originally at the, uh, the park's home. And they were spending time there because the parks were away they were on a camping trip and then this intense downpour started and the parks had to return because they had to cancel their camping trip due to the rain but that took the uh the kims who were in the house by surprise they didn't realize they were coming until the parks were basically on the doorstep and so it was a scramble to get everyone out and everybody was hiding under tables and chairs and stuff like that and they slipped out as they could and as they were running home uh through the streets and down the torrential downpour was flooding the streets on the way down and then when they reached their house they realized that they had left the windows open and their entire living quarters were just absolutely swamped completely covered in water up to the waist they i don't remember what they tried to do if they tried to bucket it out or something like that but the next scene that really sticks in my mind the daughter ki jung goes through uh father and son are just scrambling around to try and save anything that they can they're like ladies stay out of the flooding area stay just stay in the rain or stay somewhere else don't go in here because this is all sewer water yeah and Kijong comes in and there's a shot of the toilet and the the pipes have just underneath it uh were flooding and basically just poop was shooting yeah. right back out the toilet every couple seconds i think she was sitting on it right she was sitting yeah. on the toilet and it was just it wasn't coming up like the toilet seat was down so it was spraying out to the side as it would bubble up and shoot all of the excess out so it sprayed out at first and then she walks over she steps up and then sits on her porcelain throne and pulls out her phone and she's connected to the internet and for a second there uh she also i believe she puts that away after a second or two and pulls out a cigarette pack yeah and just pulls out a cigarette sits there as like poop is erupting from underneath the toilet seat underneath her and there's just rain you hear screaming in the background as everyone's trying to save things and she's just smoking yeah and it's such a it's like the meme of the dog that says this is fine and everything's on fire around him yep that is the vibe that i get from that scene of we're starting to do good but now we've just lost everything again and there's literally nothing i can do about it i'm going to call my nerves yeah, and you know that's another point of the uh, social commentary that we were talking about through there because um, all that happened to the Kims, uh, sorry, to the Parks, 
uh, the wealthy family, is that their little camping trip was canceled, unfortunately. You know, they had to come back. That's okay. We'll do it some other time. But the, the Kims, their entire life was upended by this. I mean, there was sewage, sewer, uh, sewer water everywhere. Uh, they, it ruined everything in the house. Everything was over, you know. And after that, all of their clothes smelled. Yep. Which led to, uh, which uh, furthered the plot of the movie and started the, uh, the second part of the conflict. Which was the park starting to piece together. Maybe these Kims somehow know each other. In some way, they all they all smell weird. Was one yeah. of the things. Yes, they all smell weird. They all smelled the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Wow, that it, it was the first time I saw you get up and pace back and forth was when they were in the house trying to escape and dad was hiding under the table or his mom or something. Yeah. And then the parks come in, the father and the mom of the parks walk in and they sit on the couch and dad's literally just right under them. Yes. Yeah. And that's where that. <laughs> you got up and just went back and forth. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the sun was out in the rain because he he had decided to pitch tent right in front of the uh, right in the backyard, and so right, there was a big glass window facing the uh, the backyard from the couch where the parks were, where the the um, the father and the mother of the parks were, and right in front of that couch was a gla- like a glass table or some some sort of table, and the father of the Kims was right underneath that, <sighs> and he could not move. Because the kid would see him, or the parents would see him, and he had to sit there and wait. I cannot imagine having to just be so deadly still, know anything for hours upon hours. I mean, it was well into the night before he could even leave because everyone was asleep. You have no way of looking at them and seeing if they're asleep. You can only use your best judgment based on the noises that are being made or the just maybe the feeling in the room changed you know you know how when you walk into a room and you know someone's there just somehow it feels like someone's in there yeah and you turn the corner maybe it's not a person maybe it's a dog or a cat you're like oh somehow i knew somebody's in this room the other night i've had two people sleeping on my couch this week first night was quinn and i woke up the next morning to get ready for work mm-hmm. and i made everything and went back in my room and then came back, showered, all that, got ready for work. And as I was leaving, I had no idea he was there. And it just it was like, oh, <laughs> there's a man on my couch. Oh, my gosh. But two nights ago, Abdul slept on the couch. And I walked out, and I just had that feeling that I wasn't alone. Even, right. though, even though I couldn't hear him breathing, I couldn't hear him snoring or doing anything. I just walked out. And like you said, it's just there was someone there and they probably didn't even know that I was there but oh, yeah. just there was someone there <laughs> exactly. watching you it's kind of so, it's kind of like how people get pets when they you know when they've got yeah. a big house and they maybe they don't have a ton of people living in the house so they get a pet to make the you know to keep them company provide some companionship but another benefit and this kind of ties along with the the company and companionship thing is that it just makes the room or the house not feel empty you know what i mean (laughs) yes emptiness is killer i i don't like being especially in my parents house this great big grand house and just having the cat around 
because we've got a dog and normally it's my mom and my dad sometimes my brother there are people living there and you know there are people living there it's like why you're afraid of the basement and you know whenever you turn off the lights you want to sprint back up it's that fear <laughs> of the darkness but it's also the entire atmosphere changes i could be playing yeah. video games in the basement for eight hours but when the sun goes down and i kind of have the lights down low or something like that it just it feels, feels so hoop. different I don't know what's here. <laughs> Something could be behind me, and I have no idea. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I was doing Midnight Oil with Tim, there was a few times where we took a lot of music breaks, and <laughs> there was a few times where I would just run off to the bathroom and hear an Otterbein. It was built in the 20s, and then some of these buildings, like the communications building, is a bit newer. Mm. But uh, Otterbein has a really great creep factor oh it's for instance patel there are very very thin hallways with okay. very tall ceilings oh yeah that and it feels look. like something out of a horror movie so like here you're, like you're walking down the corridor and something's after you you don't know where it is and you're looking all over for it you can't find it but it's above you oh. it's above you you can't see it and it drops down on you i'm never gonna be able to be in there again <laughs> nate and i last week after the show went and just hung out in Battelle, but nobody was in there and we just knew nobody was in the building and it was so creepy because yeah. where we were going was on the other side of the building through a few hallways <laughs> and just going through the hallways even with Nate it was like wow there's got to be something else here besides us <laughs> something a little bit more mischievous oh, man. but I, I get that when I'm here late at night and everyone else, I know, I know everyone is in the radio station, and I'm the only one walking off to the bathroom. And those hallways, they're not necessarily bad over there, but they're still kind of skinnier, or they they feel very barren. They're just white brick hallways down to the bathroom, and then you come to that little corner where, or I guess not really a corner, passageway where you can turn left and there's all those chairs over there and it leads mm. to the front of the building or you can turn right and that leads to the art wing in the men's bathrooms. And whenever I get to that hallway, I just feel so creeped out, even with people with me or even during the day or anything. It just creeps me out so much because it's a long hallway with so many entrances and exits, and I never, ever hear anything coming from the art building. Right, yeah. I always hear and know people are in the comm building, so it just feels like there's half a building that's empty. Right, yeah. That's That'll, that'll make anybody a little, <laughs> just a little a squeamish. Little like, oh, what's over there? <laughs> so before we get to the second half and talk a bit about the scene that you chose, uh, we're going to go ahead and listen to some music. So first off, we're going to listen to a barbershop quartet, which is kind of from the 20s. The, well, the Retrospection Radio is designed to feel some of that nostalgia. So our music segments, which are new this episode, are focused on bringing about some of those perhaps memories and showing the change in music throughout the decades from 20s to 50s to 60s 70s 80s 90s something like that and then to modern day all with a sense of i suppose an old nostalgic feeling a retro feeling a little bit of swing in there some right, jazz yeah. some horns some horns yes horns is a huge thing that i'm gonna have on here 
So first off, we're listening to Parade Melody. Sorry, Parade Medley by New Tradition. Then we're going to be listening to Ain't That a Kick in the Head by Dean Martin. You're listening to 97.5 WOBN, The Wild Card. 